Thanks for listening to the Mornings with Carmen LaBerge podcast, made available thanks to support from listeners just like you. Helping you wake up, remembering this is our Father's world. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. If we're gonna fly, we fly like eagles. Arms out wide. If we're gonna fear, we fear no evil. We will rise. By your power, we will go. By your spirit, we are bold. If we're gonna stand, we stand as giants. If we're gonna walk, we walk as lions. Well, good morning again. It's hour two of Mornings with Carmen on this uh, 22nd of December, 2022. Good morning, good morning, good morning, or good day, depending on when you're listening to this and where you are. Thank you so much um, again for your support of this ministry, this broadcast ministry throughout the year and into the new year. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. If you're in a position to make a year-end gift, now is a great time to do that because, well, you know what? It's almost the end of the year. So uh, you can do that at MyFaithRadio.com. I uh, was listening to President Zelensky as he made remarks both at the White House and at the U.S. Capitol yesterday, and as he was talking about Ukrainian families and how they will be celebrating Christmas this year, um, it gave me a moment of pause, and I thought back one year, and a year ago, families in Ukraine celebrated Christmas in the way that they had always celebrated Christmas, or at least in you know most of their lifetimes. Um, as Ukrainians in a, uh, in, a, in a nation of prosperity and absolute relative peace. And, I mean, I recognize that since 2014, the people in Crimea have been um, under a great challenge related to the Russian presence there. And the, the people in that part of Ukraine um, have been facing a challenge for a number of years, but most people across the nation of Ukraine celebrated Christmas last year in sort of the regular, standard, practical Christmas way. This year, they're living in the hell of war, the literal hell of war, bombs bursting in air, no heat, significant suffering, a lot of loss of life, millions of them living outside of Ukraine as refugees apart from their families and their places of worship, their homes, with no resources to make merry this Christmas. And so it's significant that uh, President Zelensky made his first trip outside of Ukraine in more than 300 days since the Russian invasion last February. Uh, And the place that he visited was not only the United States of America, but its White House, um, which, if you watched the coverage you know, the White House is beautifully festooned this time of year. Every, every possible square inch where something Christmas could be displayed, although this year, for the very first time in history, the um, the White House also has a menorah, um, which I was, I'm not surprised the White House has a menorah. I'm surprised it's never had one before. So there you go. Um, and it occurred to me um, that the entire conversation was about the making of war. It was not. Uh, about the Prince of Peace. Like, literally in every direction, there were signs of Christmas. In every direction, there were signs of Christmas. And even when Christmas got a nod about, you know, what are people wishing for for Christmas, it was about military victory. It was about war. There were lots of conversations about how many tens of billions of dollars the people of the United States have committed and 
would be continuing to commit to helping Ukraine defend itself. There were lots of conversations about what kinds of bombs, uh, what kinds of military aid we would send. And no one at any point that I heard gave much heed to the proclamations, the signs of Christ all around them. I mean, it's the scenes are literally dripping with Christmas. And so, yes, I understand my, my practical self, my practical political self understands that there, there is a need for munitions because if war is made upon you, then, you know, war is the response. But is it too much to ask that at some point someone might have pointed to something, to some dove, to some star, to some angelic rendering and just said, could we pause for a moment and thank God for the promise of peace on earth in the person of Christ? Could we just pause for one moment and thank God for the promise of peace on earth in the person of Christ? Friends, the people of Ukraine are literally walking in darkness today. I mean, the power is literally out in most of the country. Might someone have pointed out that the light of Christ has come and that maybe it's time that we, the people, actually begin trusting and acknowledging him? I recall Billy Graham saying once, this is a quote, in the same proportion that the world has trusted Christ, it has peace. In the same proportion that the world has trusted Christ, it has peace. It, it, mad, it actually matters. It actually matters whether or not you bow the knee at the manger throne. It actually matters if you bow the knee at the cross. It actually matters if you bow the knee to the name of Jesus, to the reality of his lordship, to the proclamation of peace upon the earth. It's a terrifying truth to consider today that in the proportion that the world has trusted Christ, it has peace. Peace, peace, peace. Is your heart at peace today? even in the midst of a world at war. We're going to talk with Glenn Packiam next about living the intentional year. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LaBurge. This is Faith Radio. By sword, by flame, in death Well, fun to have joining us today, Glenn Packiam. Uh, you can find Glenn and what we're talking about today at his website, Glenn com. The book is The Intentional Year, Simple Rhythms for Finding Freedom, Peace, and Purpose. Glenn, welcome to Mornings with Carmen. Thank you so much, Carmen. Good to be on with you today. Wonderful to have you. Um, you co-authored this book with your wife, Holly. That's certainly um, the conversational style with which the book is presented. And so we recognize that you're going to be speaking on behalf of both of you today and just want to let folks know um, that as as they're listening to our conversation, part of what we're going to be talking about is uh, the things Holly contributes to the book as well. So thank you in advance. When When we think about the way most of us live, most of us live reactively. We live in 
um, a reactive mode most of the time. You're basically making an appeal that we reverse that. Talk with us about uh, an intentional year, what it looks like to live intentionally, particularly when we're talking about spirituality. You know, as we get into the rhythms of our life, we all have rhythms that we fall into, but the rhythms that are the default settings, if you will, those can become ruts in the bad sense of the word. They can become just sort of uh, the default mode of when we do this or when we don't do that. And so we have found it helpful, and this is really Holly's brainchild, because it was probably about 12 years ago or so that we began to meet with some other couples, and we heard about them taking some time away at the end of a year, beginning of the year. And so she said, hey, let's do this. And as we began doing it, we actually began to add some structure to our time away. And it, we some simple light structure that helped us reflect on the past, listen for a word for the season ahead, and then take inventory over five spheres of our life and set some practices into rhythms and finally turning them into events on the calendar. So that's the overview of what what we're trying to share here in this book. But really the idea, Carmen, is uh, you're absolutely right. We just kind of live life on these default settings. And what we're hoping for people is to give people the gift of saying, hey, take a time out, take a, take stock, take inventory, see if this is exactly what uh, how you want to be spending your time, your one precious life. And, uh, and and then and then choose to enter into a new season intentionally. So the follow up question might be why, 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 Glenn? Why not just sort of you know let life roll along and see what happens and take it as it comes? Like why, why be intentional yeah. about this? Well, and I I think it's very easy for people's minds to go to productivity and efficiency. And those are all the, you know, there's lots of books out there about that maximizing the time. And so maybe that just feels exhausting. Like, oh my goodness, why? Yeah, why do I need to do that? And I, I, I want to say up front, this is not what the book is about. It's not about productivity. It's not about maximizing your time or your potential or anything like that. It's actually what the scripture invites us into when it calls us into fruitfulness. And so in the book, we talk very much about what Jesus says in John 15 about abiding in him. At the end of the day, life is about knowing Jesus, abiding in Jesus, and then by the grace of God, by the power of the Holy Spirit, bearing fruit. And we bear fruit not just for our sake, but actually for the sake of others. So the why question is a twofold. It's for the sake of our own relationship with Jesus, and secondly, for the sake of others around us, for the sake of those around us. So it's actually not about our own, you know, kind of self-actualization or achieving our potential. The way the Bible talks about fruitfulness is fruitfulness is the result of abiding in Jesus, and fruitfulness is never for our own sake. It's always for the good of those around us. All right. The book is The Intentional Year, Simple Rhythms for Finding Freedom, Peace, and Purpose. When um, when you start the book, you begin the book with this conversation, acknowledging that there's this interplay between God's sovereignty and our free will. That sounds like it's going to be like a theological heavy lift. But what you're really doing is unpacking that we live in this space where we experience that God is sovereign we experience that we are people of free will, and that remains a mystery. Yeah, there is there is a mystery to it, and I certainly am not trying to solve the mystery, so to speak, but really to invite us to enter into that mystery. I mean, mysteries are not problems to be solved. They're uh, joys and beauties to be entered into and enjoyed, and I, I think there's something about the way God is. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning and the end of all of it. 
And by his grace, he draws us into his very life and invites our participation. So is our participation by our own effort? No, it's absolutely not. And I just want to say this. Sometimes we imagine kind of this uh, participation with God as if it was sort of us and God playing tennis. You know, we hit the ball back and forth. It's God's serve, then ours, then back and forth. And it's really a lot more like swimming where you dive into the pool and you're immersed and you're surrounded by the very life of God. So Everything we talk about in the book is not God's done this and now you need to do this and you better, you know, it's not at all like that. It's it's to open our eyes to see that actually we're surrounded by the Trinitarian life of God. Uh, it's his spirit. It's his grace from beginning, middle and end. And uh, yeah, there is a bit of theology woven throughout the book, um, but there's a whole lot of practices and stories to kind of help us along the way, too. If you're struggling with the demands of life, if you want to know what that feels like to dive into all that God is and all he has for you in terms of an abundant and fruitful life in the year ahead. We're going to continue this conversation in just a moment. It is about the intentional year, simple rhythms for finding freedom, peace, and purpose. Glenn Packiam and I will be right back. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen. As you know, this is a rebroadcast of the live radio show carried on the Faith Radio Network. There's a lot going on at Faith Radio. Tons of free resources just waiting for you and for you to share with others at MyFaithRadio.com. How does that all happen? Well, it happens through listener support. So Faith Radio, Mornings with Carmen, all available because of listener support from listeners, well, just like you. If you're a supporter, Thank you so very much. If you'd like to become a supporter today, just visit MyFaithRadio.com. And again, thanks for being a part of what we do every day at Mornings with Carmen. Continuing our conversation with Glenn Packiam about uh, the book that he co-authored with his wife, Holly, The Intentional Year, Simple Rhythms for Finding Freedom, Peace, and Purpose. All right, Glenn, you and Holly, um, un- you really unpack your annual retreat in here. Um, those are the pieces and the parts that you give us. So if you would um, invite us in to that uh, and maybe unpack it just a little bit uh, in terms of reflection, inventory, and then action. Sure. Yeah, and I want to say up front, this is not just for couples. In fact, it is not necessarily even particularly for couples. I've heard from people who say we they enjoy taking this retreat as couples, but we've also heard from friends who go and do this on their own or with a group of friends. So, uh, And then secondly, you can take these pieces and do them in this sequence, whether or not you do them in one retreat. So you might say, mm-hmm. well, I don't have you know a, a, a two-night, three-day getaway. You know, that's okay. You could take a series of Saturdays and work through this. So the important thing is the sequence. So let me describe this for you. The, the reflection part of the sequence is twofold. The first piece of that is looking back at the season that you've just come out of. And there's an ancient tool called the prayer of examine, which helps you review, rejoice, repent, and request. And those kind of four movements, we walk you through that to say, okay, apply that not over the last day, but actually apply that for the last several months or maybe even the past year. So as you approach the end of uh, uh, this year, 2022, you say how uh, you, you begin to review it and then you begin to rejoice and say, okay, where were God's gifts for me in this year? And then you are invited to repent, to say, where did I fall short of what the Lord was calling me to be in that year? And then finally, you begin to request grace. Then the second part of the reflection is beginning to look forward. And that's when you sort of pause 
and you listen for maybe a scripture or a, or a verse or a word or a phrase that maybe is an indication of what the Holy Spirit's doing in our lives in the season ahead. And this doesn't have to be too spooky or anything like that. It could just be that as you're reading your Bible, something keeps jumping out at you and you say, you know what, this is it. This is my my word for the year or my verse for the year. And it really helps you shape the season because every season has limitations to it. You you might be in a new season of work or a new season of friendship or a new season uh, in relationships. Those seasons have limitations and invitations. So it's important to kind of mark that out. And then the middle piece is all about taking inventory. And that's where we walk through five spheres of your life. And the bulk of the book is right here in this middle section. The five spheres are prayer, rest, renewal, relationships, and work. And in those five spheres, you kind of, we invite you to say, are there some repeated practices you keep doing? And are these the in- intentional practices you want? Or maybe you want to edit that and say, let's just pick one or two things. And sometimes one practice could actually speak to two or three different areas. Uh, for example, the practice of a weekly Sabbath speaks to prayer and rest and renewal. So there's a way that that it, it's not necessarily, oh my gosh, I got to find all these new practices. You might find one or two that actually speak to these five areas. And then the final movement of the book is action. And that's where you turn these uh, practices into specific rhythms, like you know when and how frequently, and then you actually put them in your calendar. Because I don't know about you, but if it's not in our calendar, it's not happening. We forget about it. And so we want to put everything in our calendar, including when we're making space for meals with friends or time with the Lord and things like that. So when we get to that one, which is calendar rules, um, I made a lot of notes because I am a person who's very calendar driven, but I, I recognized that as I was exploring this, I'm thinking to myself, you know, there's a hundred things that my husband has said in, you know, let's say in the past two or three years, like let's have so-and-so over for dinner. Can we have the so-and-sos out? And it doesn't happen because I don't put it on the calendar. I don't make it happen. But I'm sensitive to the fact that he, he really has a heart for hospitality and I need to be figuring out how to make those things happen. And and the calendar is a huge part of that, not only, uh, you know, obviously in your household, but in mine as well. Yeah, it is a key part. And sometimes with that, Carmen, like what we have found helpful, others have, have done this as well, is just to mark one or two nights in the month. So it could be, hey, a couple Friday nights, that seems to work best when the kids don't have all their activities or whatever. Let's just mark those as possible meals with friends kind of evenings. And sometimes they get filled, sometimes they don't. And sometimes it doesn't work for the person that you're trying to get together with. So that's okay. Um, But we kind of know, even when we're planning ahead to say, hey, uh, how many dance classes are the kids going to sign up for? You know, we want to know, well, are we leaving room for maybe two nights a week or so where there's dead space or where there's margin? And so often what happens is it's we we don't get uh, in it's interesting you bring up relationships relationships are often the first ones to go as adults because uh, we squeeze in out our time with everything else with with work and with obligations and all the have tos uh, that we don't actually leave enough margin for the want tos or the get tos and and that's maybe maybe you know part of the calendaring is not necessarily putting in a specific event but creating some space for the spontaneous yeah, that's so good. Um, Glenn, I like, uh, I like you just come right out and say, the Christian life takes practice. So I want you to unpack that. What do you mean by that? And then share the benefits of, of this, of practicing 
the rhythms of a Christian life? Like, what are the benefits of of the practice? Yeah, it, you know, repeatedly in Paul's letters, I think particularly in his letter to young Timothy, he he talks to him about making every effort and training himself. And he uses words that have to do with uh, almost metaphors from an athlete competition he does in one particular verse, but there's other instances as, as well. And so I, I think very often about it, uh, an athlete, you know, my wife, she was a much better, is a much better athlete than I am. And in her high school days, you know, she she made seven threes in one game, a little small farming community in Iowa. And so she writes about this idea of you got to keep at something in order to be good at it. And, and for many of us, we have desires, but if we don't practice, we actually don't make movement towards uh, the kind of person that we want to be. So so practice is not uh, about goals. It's not about saying, okay, I'm going to read the entire Bible this year. That's a great goal. It's a fine goal. But practice is really about becoming a particular kind of person. So think about the fruit of the Spirit, uh, patience or uh, long-suffering or faithfulness. That takes practice. That You have to practice the art of saying, you know what, we've given our yes to this. Uh, I'm going to stay with this or I'm going to wait on this or I'm going to uh, practice sitting in, in, in my car or whatever. And so those are the ordinary moments of life where if we just turn our attention, turn our heart to the Holy Spirit in the midst of carpool or traffic or whatever and say, you know what, this is an unexpected, ordinary moment to practice a fruit of the Spirit. And then the more that we do it, just like playing an instrument, which, you know, that's a bit of my background, the musician stuff. When you when you practice an instrument, at a certain point, it becomes second nature. It just flows out of you. Initially, it's clunky. It's awkward. You're playing someone else's music. But eventually it becomes second nature. It becomes almost effortless. And I think that's that mystery of, of spiritual formation where the Holy Spirit works with our effort. And then eventually it sort of becomes this natural second nature effortless kind of thing. I love how Dallas Willard said it. He said, grace is opposed to earning, not opposed to effort. So we're not trying to earn our way with God, but God always invites our effort and our participation to practice. Yeah, that's so good. That's so good. Um, if you could encourage people, you know, as one year folds in to the next, if you could um, encourage them in terms of intentional spiritual practices or the spirituality of intentionality, um, what what encouragement would you give people today? Uh, be gentle with yourself. You don't have to do it all. You don't. Have, this is not a pep talk. You know, to sort of say, "Come on, get out there." The book is very gentle. And when we say simple rhythms, we really mean it. Uh, so you could start with one thing. We we really believe that there's such a thing as a keystone habit, one habit that could actually begin to uh, affect and shape, reshape the rest of your life. And and what we would say to you is. Take a day away. Maybe you can't do a retreat, but take a day away and at least start with that uh, reflection on the past, that prayer of examine about the season that's gone before you or, or that, that has already passed. And then if you enjoyed that, if you found that simple and life-giving, uh, go on to that next piece of of taking inventory of five spheres of your life. But the the gift here is you don't have to do it all at once. You don't have to be sort of ninja status here and have 10 new practices. You can't do that. But maybe say, what are one or two things that would make a key difference in my life and as I enter the new year? I love the keystone imagery, and I love the question of what's one thing that would make a key difference if I stopped doing it and started doing something else. So let's purposefully stop, let's uh, reflect, let's take an inventory, and then let's act 
Um, thank you so much, Glenn, for the book. Thank you for the conversation today. Give Holly our greetings. Glenn Packiam and Holly are the authors of this wonderful book, The Intentional Year, Simple Rhythms for Finding Freedom, Peace, and Purpose. Glenn, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Same to you, Carmen. Thank you so much. Absolutely. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LaBerge, and this is Faith Radio. All right. Uh, We talk a lot about emerging generations here on Faith Radio and specifically here on Mornings with Carmen. And so, you know what? Let's talk with a young Christian out there in the world making a difference, not just making a difference, but actually making the world different on behalf of Jesus Christ. His name is Samuel Beshji, and he joins us next. Should nothing of our efforts stand, no legacy survive, unless the Lord does raise the house in vain, its builders strive. All right, sometimes, um, you guys, when you're listening, you think of somebody and you say to yourself, hey, that's somebody Carmen should talk to. Everybody needs to know about this person. Well, Gina is a regular listener to the show, and she said that we really needed to talk to Samuel, that we needed to find out what uh, Samuel Beshji has been up to, who he is. Um, She describes Samuel as a remarkable young man. And so thanks to listener Gina Kenny, we're talking today with Samuel Beshji. Samuel, welcome to Mornings with Carmen. Well, good morning. How are you guys? Well, well, I'm well. So let's start with this, Samuel. Um, what year are you in school, and why do you think that Miss um, Kenny thought we should talk with you today? Well, I'm a senior at Lake Park Cottman High School in Lake Park, Minnesota. So we've we've kind of grown my my yearly service project, Sam's Meals for Many, from a pay it forward challenge that we that I got challenged with from my Sunday school teachers. And I believe that it kind of grew from serving one family the first year. Now we're serving 66 families this last, this, this Christmas season. And we've done it over the last seven years. So we've grown it from serving one family to now serving multiple families. And I think Miss Kinney has totally believed in what I've been doing and we've grown it to raising about $150,000 over the last seven years to serve families with meals for over the Christmas holiday break at Lake Park. Okay, so you're a senior in high school. Sam's Meals for Many is, yep. um, is, is the ministry, so I wanted to say that slowly so people can find it. Sam's Meals for Many, best place for people to connect with you is at the Sam's Meals for Many Facebook page. Is that accurate? It, it is, and then okay. on the GoFundMe as well. Yeah. So um, Sam's Meals for Many is what you're looking for. And it started, you said, with a challenge from your Sunday school teacher. So take us back in time. When was that? Um, Because there's people listening right now that are like, wait a second. A middle school kid actually listened to a challenge from a Sunday school teacher, and it has now become, I mean, a really extraordinary ministry. So take us back in time to that Sunday school class. So it was 2016. Uh, just about like it was two or three weeks before the holiday break. And my Sunday school teachers challenged us with $15. 10 of it was to go towards charity. Five of it was for us to keep, or we could put it all towards, um, all towards a charity of our choice. 
So then I kind of saw an article in our local paper saying that our food pantry is the most used food pantry in Minnesota. And since we only have one in the county. So that kind of got me thinking, what can I do to help somebody in our in our school district for meals for over the holiday break? Because meals for from the holiday break are just about it's about a week and a half, two weeks away from the school lunch program, the USDA school lunch program. So it's kind of been that's kind of what got me started. All right. And then that and that first year. So let's see, 2016, that's five years ago. You were like in seventh grade. Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> so I just want to, uh, I mean, I, Actually, I know that Samuel, I believe we it's started your... in, I started my fifth grade year. So my years are off a little bit. That's all right. So I started this when I was in fifth grade. Okay. That's amazing. So if you're listening right now and you're a fifth grade Sunday school teacher or you're a seventh grade Sunday school teacher and you've been wondering, hey, what is uh what is a way I can help my students um, walk their faith out into the world that God so loves? Um, I mean, this started with a $15 challenge uh, and the invitation for kids to look around for real needs in the community. Um, Samuel's attention was captured by God through an article about the food pantry in their community, his concern for other students who over the holiday break were not going to have access to the school um meal program, both breakfast and lunch. And and for many of you who are aware of like the backpack program, lots of those are suspended over the holidays as yep. well. And so it started with literally um, raising money to buy food for one family. And it has now grown. You guys can check it out at uh, at the Facebook page, Sam's Meals for Many. There's also a GoFundMe page. Um, and talk about, so talk about uh, this year, you just wrapped up yesterday, the campaign yesterday. Um, talk a little we bit did. about how the ministry has grown. So this year, we kind of are shifting into the school, the school district taking it over. So once I graduate, the program is still going to succeed. Because right now we, we brought it, we brought all of our NHS kids in, and we, I've kind of grown it. So where we're serving 66 families now where it kind of is a staple. It can't go away. So the school district has come come back to me and they're like, we want to keep it going, keep the legacy going, keep everything intact so that we can still serve our 66 families like we did this year. So we raised another $25,000 this year, which I'm grateful to everyone that has donated, even local businesses as well. So we've grown from serving one family to now 66. Over the last couple of years, we've raised over $150,000, $175,000, which is crazy to think that we've done that over the last seven years. Um, but yeah, it, it's we yesterday we um, went back, we picked up with the food on Tuesday, we packaged all the food with all the NHS kids yesterday at the high school, and all the families came to pick up yesterday at the Lake Park Ottoman High School. So mm -hmm. 66 families came to pick up their just about 10 meals or so for over the holiday break that have that. ingredients to sustain them. I love that. I love that. 
Um, All right. If you're listening right now and you work for Walmart and specifically Sam's Club, I feel like Sam's Club should be sponsoring um, this this effort. Right. Don't you think Sam's Meals for Many should have a corporate partner like Sam's Club? I'm just saying if you're listening right now, you know, out there across the country and around the world, particularly those of you, I don't know, in northwest Arkansas. Yeah. Could you um, give me a little help here and show a little love? We need one of those Sam's Club community grants for the Sam's Meals for Many. Um, We're going to continue our conversation with Samuel Beshji in just a moment because you know what? God's doing some good things and uh, we want to be celebrating that. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LaBurge. This is Faith Radio. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen. As you know, this is a rebroadcast of the live radio show we do every morning on the Faith Radio Network. There's a lot going on at Faith Radio. I don't want you to miss any of it. So check out the free resources just waiting for you and for you to share with others at MyFaithRadio.com. One of the things I would like for you to consider is becoming a Faith Radio ambassador. We talk about walking our faith out into the world that God so loves and doing so in ways that honor Jesus. Well, that's because we are ambassadors of the kingdom of God. You can become a Faith Radio ambassador today and help us get the word out to others about this and other programs on the Faith Radio Network. Uh, We will supply everything that you need to share with others, and you can sign up to be a Faith Radio ambassador at MyFaithRadio.com. We're continuing our conversation with Samuel Beshji. He's a senior at Lake Park Audubon um, High School in Lake Park, Minnesota, um, you can find more about his ministry efforts at Sam's Meals for Many on Facebook. It also has a GoFundMe page. Sam, can I ask you just a couple of like regular teenage questions? Go ahead. Okay, so you're a senior in high school. Everybody wants to know um, what's Sam doing next. So right now, I'm looking at either uh, North Dakota State University or the University of Jamestown for business IT somewhere in there. Um, but that that's that's my plan as of right now after high school. Okay. All right. And um, is there something that, as you think about um, adults listening across the country and around the world right now, um, is there something that you kind of like wish adults understood or saw or knew about, I don't know, let's do teenage boys because you can't talk for teenage girls because, you know, they're a unique thing. Um, But is there something that you wish that adults out there understood or saw about teenagers today? I think that there's a, there's a disconnect between some teenagers that don't really want to give back, but they want to give back in a way. I I believe that there's, there's kids out there that want to give back and want to be that person that gives back to their community all the time. But there's some people that just don't know how to, bring that out in themselves. Mm. Um, So uh, this observation that you are a part of a generation that really does want to make an influence, make an impact, make a difference, make the world different. Like we hear that all the time statistically about your generation. Um, And what Mm -hmm. I hear you saying is um, sometimes adults need to step in and help students discover how that might happen, where those yeah. opportunities might be, and then build the bridges that allow students um, to actually walk that out themselves. Um, yes. And I I appreciate the way that that has happened in your life, and you're just such a wonderful living demonstration of 
um, of this idea. Maybe a quick shout out to a few of the adults who have done that for you along the way. Were there some people who um, who helped you not only see the challenge, but um, but also create a positive um, way of impacting your own community? Well, my parents, for sure. Um, they've kind of helped me grow in my faith. And I've always been kind of involved in church, whether it's running the technology for it or uh, or just being involved, like serving the uh, church community. Uh, Dave and Jenny Barr, they're, they're my Sunday school teachers that started this. And th- they've even come up to me and they're like, we're so proud of seeing it grow from serving one family and now serving 66. It's crazy. Um, the Lake Park Godwin community, that, that's, that's, they're my backbone. They've been supporting me for the last seven years. And um, Melanie Vickmark, she's been a huge help. She's my NHS advisor this year. I've been kind of teaching her how to do what we do every year. So, um, yeah, those are just a couple. And then also uh, Lisa McLeod and Jamie Nelson, our school social work, worker at the school district. Hmm. It takes a lot of people. And that was one of the things that I um, I appreciate. This is, this is not a one-man show, and this is also not something that's going to end when you graduate from high school. I think that you're... Um, First of all, appreciating and understanding that things are for a season um, and that maybe you're a builder uh, in terms of like, okay, I I was the initiator. God used me to get this thing started, but I'm not going to be here. And this is not my, you know, primary calling for the next season of my life. Like I'm going to go on to college and do the next thing. Um, But you have fostered um, a process that that's going to allow for. Um, this to continue and flourish. And I love that all of these adults um, have come alongside uh, to participate and to um, and to continue it, like to continue to make it happen. So that's, that's just wonderful. All right. So we hear a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot that, you know, teenagers, they're, they're on lots of social media apps. They're doing a lot of gaming. Um, yes, no. Is that a world you live in? Is that a part of your world? Is that your world? It's a part of my world, but it's not the obsessive kind. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm not a person that is obsessed with social media in general. I could care less if I don't have it. Um, but there is a part of Sam's Meals for Many that you have to be on social media. You have to be outgoing. You have to be posting all the time to succeed in your fundraising year over year. And you have to not be afraid to make phone calls. You have mm. to not be afraid to make phone calls. That is something that this generation, excuse me, <laughs> um, it people have to be willing to make phone calls all the time. I mean, this generation is scared of making phone calls. Mm. I have even my good friend that of my dad's, Patrick Kirby, he is a guy that is so outgoing he loves nonprofits loves them i've kind of learned from him he's kind of learned from me vice versa i love that oh that's so fantastic um all right well merry christmas to you thank you so much for joining us today um you you are very poised thank you so much for being so prepared to talk about um this ministry and this mission 
and being, you know, just so willing to field questions about yourself as well. What a delight. So thank you to Gina Kenny for um, connecting us with Samuel. Samuel Beshji is a senior at Lark, uh, Lake Park Audubon um, High School. Uh, Sam's Meals for Many is the ministry. If you want to check it out on Facebook or connect with them on other social medias, Um, And obviously they have a GoFundMe page. So, um, Sam, thank you so much for joining us on Mornings with Carmen. Thank you for having me. Hey, have a Merry Christmas and thank you for making it a Merry Christmas for so many others. Appreciate it. Thank you. Merry Christmas. Absolutely. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge. This is Faith Radio. I might have just had an inspiration. I don't know. You know, it's hard to know in the moment whether or not something is an inspiration of the Lord, but it feels like maybe it is. So um, Paul Perot is listening and and always taking notes. Uh Paul, what if we we had like a high school highlight every once in a while in the new year? Well, I mean, Sam did a great job. I'm just saying. That's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking Sam was an excellent, excellent conversation partner, and I want more of that. So, um, all right, maybe you have a a high school student, or maybe you're going to meet one over the holidays, and you're going to say, hey, that person could be a high school highlight in the new year. Um, you can email me your guest ideas. at My email address is carmen at myfaithradio.com. Here's the other thing that I could use your help with over the holidays. So um, we get to make a presentation early in the new year. Um, highlighting this ministry to the new president of the university. And I could use your help. Like, what was your favorite conversation of the year? Is there something that stands out in your mind and you're like, that was really life-changing for me. That still sticks with me. I'm still thinking about that months, uh, months on. Or in the moment, it was just the right conversation at just the right time. So does something come to mind when I say that? And if so, could you email me that information Again, my email is carmen at myfaithradio.com. So your favorite or most impactful conversation of the year, something about this show that has been life-changing for you or for someone that you know, something that you heard that you were like, I immediately passed that along to somebody um, who was dealing with that particular challenge or had that question. So you can email me, uh, carmen at myfaithradio.com. And if you are in relationship with high school students and you're like, oh, there's one that comes to mind that just really, God's really working in and working on and working through. Um, maybe we could do a high school highlight in the new year. I kind of like that. I, I kind of like that. I like the idea of students responding to challenges set forth by adults and then adults coming alongside and helping to build those bridges and um, and mentor students in, in the ways that they need. Um, I'm sure my mom is listening and she was probably delighted to hear Samuel say that you got to be not afraid to make a phone call. Um, and then you also have to be trained like what do you say on a phone call? What are your presentation skills in terms of when you meet someone? Um, and so we could be encouraging students in that as well. Many of us know those skills. We have those skills. Um, and we could simply be sharing those skills with the next generation. There's all kinds of ways to disciple and mentor. And just remember, you don't need a big fancy curricul- curriculum. You are the big fancy curriculum. You are the one in whom Christ is pleased to dwell by the power of his spirit, Um, And he is sending you forth to be the very light of the world in this generation. So let your light so shine before others that other people would see your good works and glorify God 
who is in heaven. All right, so you have an assignment today. You're going to send me an email, a couple of uh, things you might include. One, some high school student that you think might might make a great high school highlight in the new year. And then um, something that you've heard on this show that's really impacted you, encouraged you, equipped you, um, something that's really changed your life. I could use help identifying those segments um, for a project in the new year as well. Email me, Carmen at MyFaithRadio.com. Have a, have a very Merry Christmas. Have a very Merry Christmas. Paul, have a very Merry Christmas. And you too. You too. Mm-hmm. Have a very, very Merry Christmas. Good day and God bless. Thanks for listening to Mornings with Carmen LeBurge. Podcasts like this are available because of your support. If it's important to you to hear things that encourage your faith, click the link in the show notes to give now. And thanks.